Hello, and welcome to another episode of Angelic University with your host, Maria Paith. Maria is a spiritual teacher, a life and soul coach, and the angel decoding expert. Her book, Angel Decoding, Secret Keys to Communicating with Your Angels, is available on Amazon, and you can find her on the web at www.mariapaith.com. That's spelled M-A-R-I-A-P-E-T-H dot com. Listen now as Maria shares her wisdom to expand your spiritual awareness and increase your personal joy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Angelic University with Maria Paith. I'm going to be talking today about the idea of seeing, hearing, feeling, and knowing the angelic signs. I'm giving you some tips today on this process. And last week we talked about the, um, you know, the, the new earth and some of the um, strategies and, and practices that would help with the new earth and gifts are one of them. And many of us are unaware of our amazing ability to see, hear, feel, and know the angels, the, the heavens to, um, to know and understand the supernatural. And it isn't, um, taught in school, but it's taught on Angelic University. So um, here we go. And this is very similar in an alignment with angel decoding, secret keys to communicating with your angels, which is um, the topic of my first book. I do speak about the um, ways to hear, see, feel, and know. And um, they are, you know, clear audience, clear seeing, clear hearing is clear Clear, um, clear audience is, is clear hearing, clear seeing is clairvoyance, clear cognizance is clear knowing, clear sentience is clear feeling. And there's also clear alliance, which is smell, and clear augustus, which is taste. Um, so we never want to discredit any of the ways that we might receive messages, guidance, and awareness. And it does need to come through our physicality. And then sometimes just like through that um, extra sense but everything begins with devotion. Every aspect of intuition in order to expand begins with devotion. And devotion can look like prayerful life, having a prayerful life, having devotional time every day with, with the presence of, of God's energy, taking time to meditate, to be mindful, um, taking time to quiet the mind. I found that my gifts were much more um, forthcoming and, and pronounced when I started to have a devotional time for meditation twice a day. So this was back in um, the early 1990s when I started to um, to practice um, centering prayer. And it was a beautiful way to really get very intimate with, with God and to stop the monkey mind from, you know, distracting me, to stop the world for 20 minutes twice a day. Now, this was a uh, 
a devotion that I felt very guided and directed to take. And it made my heart uh, warm. And I found the time, even though I had two small children in the home, um, I discovered that one of the best ways to be sure that I had this meditation time was to wake up much earlier than they did. And at the time I was working as a teacher in a local middle school um, in the in a um, severe and profound room with severe and profound children. And um, the as a special education teacher. So the day began there at the school um, by 7.45. And so getting up early for me meant that I had to, you know, wake up many days at 5.45 um, or at 6 in order to do a 20-minute meditation. And let's be honest, some of those days I was very connected and did a great job of, you know, really being present with God. And some days I believe that I probably fell back to sleep. But no matter, it created a habit in me of first thing upon waking to connect with the Lord and connect with the Creator, connect with the the consciousness of the of the greater being that supports, encourages us, protects us, and guides us, and is the core, I believe, that speaks through each soul on this earth when we are allowing the communication and when we are open to the communication. And this opening begins with the devotional time. And so maybe for you, you are confident in saying a prayer in the morning and getting on with your day. And that may be all you have time for or make time for. For me, I would immediately start with a prayer and then go into the quiet centering of my heart, soul, and body. It was a really good time at that hour because no one else was awake. Um, and so the house was, you know, just incredibly still. And at first, um, it was, you know, a chore. And then um, when little miracles started to happen around the time that I was doing the meditations, then I began to have the assurance that it was working. One of the, what I consider a small miracle um, is that one of the days I was um, sitting in um, a chair in our lower level at the time, our, our downstairs, um, I guess it would be the basement level and um, in Denver, Colorado. And my family was upstairs, um, you know, all sleeping, but I was in this, you know, chair and I had a low light on. And um, I said my, you know, prayers really immediately upon waking, but then I took myself down there to that space. Um, and I remember that it was, you know, probably like a fall day. Uh, very similar to today. It's, it's very cool out. Um, so I put a blanket, you know, on. I sat up in the chair so that my feet were planted on the floor with um, my, you know, with with the connection to the earth and imagine that I extend the connection from my feet all the way to the earth, the core of the earth, like, like we would if we had roots. I imagine that. 
And then I'm sitting up with my back, you know, rested comfortably erect upon the back of the chair so that my head was pointed to um, the heavens, to the sky, and allowing the openness of my soul to receive the messages from God. Then taking a deep breath and just going into um, a mantra I had chosen at the time, the word peace. And mantra is simply a word that you might repeat or that might redirect you to centering, to, um, to meditation, to reflection, and so that you are not focusing on the other thoughts that might come in, but that you redirect your energy to a quiet word like peace. Um, it can be love, it can be joy, it can be calm, it can be Jesus, it can be angels, it can be just about anything that gratitude, um, that brings a sense of, of positivity to the moments and aligns you with the feelings of having an intimate connection with the God source. And, you know, so that morning, like others, um, I was, you know, in that space and, and um, then I, I heard music and it wasn't, it was celestial music is the only way I can explain it. Like a frequency of um, energy. The, the music was, you know, really quite beautiful. And I don't know how long I was in that state of, of, of experiencing the music, but I know that it uplifted me. I know that I felt, um, you know, clear shifts of, of, the upliftment, the um, the frequency kind of moving around me. And um, I can't say at the time, I don't remember if, if it was um, anything that I saw, it was really what I felt in that moment. And I heard um, that, you know, music, and it just was beautiful. And then, um, you know, my meditation time ended. And at that time, um, when I learned centering prayer, I had uh, an old cassette tape that had a little ding at the beginning of the tape uh, to start to kind of, you know, help me time the, the session so that I wouldn't be there for hours, but that I did the 20 minutes. And then it had a little ding at the end, um, you know, of that 20 minute time. And so that's all it was, was just this little cassette tape that I would run and it would ding, and then it would ding at the end. Um, and then I would, you know, come out of that space. So when I heard that little sound at the end, um, I, you know, quickly shifted out of that reverie of that deep sounding um, music, the celestial music, the frequency that I was experiencing, and, you know, opened my eyes to um, the world that was around me, which, you know, was really my downstairs um, living area at the time. Very simple, more of a playroom for the kids, really, with a couch and some chairs and, um, you know, uh, an area um, for us to, you know, even store things. And it was very simple, but music had played in that simple space. And I felt such a connection with God. And then, you know, in that in that um, moments following, I be I had I usually journaled. So uh, provided that I had just a few minutes, I you know would journal. And that day I remember was a weekend day, so it was even you know more of a bonus because I had more time 
Um, but I, I journaled the experience, you know, that I heard the angels playing music, that I heard um, angelic uh, frequency, that I felt um, the upliftment, and uh, it was really quite powerful. But this was after, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks of, um, of practicing the devotional um, prayer time, the centering time, the, the meditative time, because I had um, actually taken a centering prayer um, course from a local Catholic church um, where the nuns were teaching centering prayer. And, um, you know, I felt really comfortable with the process. And it was very simple, but it was, again, a devotional piece. And, and that was my first, like, way to go, Maria, keep up the good work. And, um, and so from that moment on, I just asked for more. I asked to experience more. I asked to begin to see and hear and feel and know more of what the angelic realm had for me, more of what God's uh, frequency, you know, had to share with me. And, and, um, you know, like I said, this was like in the early 1990s. And I, I think it was probably 90, um, maybe 94, uh, because in 93, I believe is the first time I heard angel, um, my guardian angel speak to me. And so I began to realize that my hearing, my um, extrasensory hearing, my spiritual hearing was um, in fact a gift that, and I, and still to this day, it's one of my more pronounced senses that I can hear um, names or of, of, of people, the souls when they, they come, not always, but many times um, I hear, you know, words or direct guidance. Um, I hear phrases and they are pieces. They are not always in sentences. Very rarely do I get full sentences from the angelic realm, even today after practicing for more than 30 years. I um, have experienced many ways of receiving the spiritual sight and hearing and feeling and knowing, but hearing continues to be one of the more pronounced. Um, and, and when the seeing emerged, it was the same process that I began to see more, um, but it was really quite simple at beginning. And um, the simple, you know, images that may appear to any of us. And, but I began to take notice the, the clouds in the sky that look like angels um, or hearts, the, um, you know, sparks of light that were around people or situations or things, the um, aura around people and things. Those were, those are the seeing experiences and they, and um, very, very young. I saw very, very young, you know, going to church with my, my grandma, um, my vovó, as they, we say in Brazil, um, and my vovó is just like my Grammy, um, and my aunt Janie, we would go. We would go to church, um, and you know, I was, I was young, and um, I would see the um, illuminated lights above people um, as a small child, and asked my aunt, you know, what is what is that? The, you know, that um, that light. And 
my aunt looked up the one day that I asked her and there was a statue of an angel and light um, illuminating from the statue. And she said, oh, that's an angel. You know, that's the statue of an angel. And, and I looked, you know, at her and I thought, well, they're everywhere. It's not just on the statue. You know, I could see the light and the angels above everyone. <laughs> and, um, but I didn't, you know, explain that to her. I was aware that she could see that angel and I thought maybe she could see the rest. And, um, you know, she, it, 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 to this day, I realize now that she um, probably just saw the statue because I thought everybody could see what I was seeing. Um, what child wouldn't? You know, why would we imagine anything else? Um, but I, I saw it very early on, and um, I didn't ex ex expand that gift, you know, in, in any way um, until much later in life. Like, in my later, um, in, in or really my early 30s is where I began to really play um, and expand uh, in the consciousness where, you know, the angels were like, okay, she's gone to college, she's had a couple of kids, she's got work, um, now it's time to do the real work, now it's time to open her up for the real work. Um, anyway, so I wanted to share with you these, um, this, you know, idea, of course, of expanding your own seeing, hearing, feeling, and knowing. And so enough about the stories about how um, I experienced them. And let me give you the actual steps so that you can have this in practice. So as we have already spoken, and I have already told you, but not delineated the steps, um, number one is to have a devotional time, to have a real prayer life. And it is different than just praying. A prayer life means that you call the presence of, you know, of God to you and you meet with the God light. You meet in conversation within where you can have a private conversation where you can get intimate with the creator, when you can get intimate with the guide for your soul. And so Devotional time is absolutely numero uno, prayer life. And when I say prayer life now, I do believe that that is a much different concept than just praying and doing a meditation, but it becomes a life force. And without realizing it, I pray all the time. I don't even give it any you know, thought these days that in the um, absence of having a busy monkey mind, I find myself praying. I pray for that person there that seems to need a little extra support in the grocery store. I, I pray and ask that things go well throughout the day. I'm, you know, in the middle of writing something and I'm praying, asking God to, um, you know, to work through me. And that is intimacy. And I, say there's nothing more powerful than having, you know, the source of the universe as your best friend. And so please um, begin to really give a little more attention to the time that you may be devoting to prayer and invite a real prayer life into your essence, into your life. So that's number one. Number two is to stay in higher vibrational state. And we have spoken about the emotional scale many times. So you know that a higher vibrational state is going to be above the courage line. 
on the vibrational scale. And a state or emotions um, that are challenging come all the time, the lower energies, the frequencies. And we are simply to be aware of our rambling mind and the effect of negativity on what I consider to be our freedom to connect with the higher realms and the supernatural. So I always say, when in doubt, here we go back to a prayer, when in doubt or feeling low, say a prayer, sing a hymn, smile to yourself and begin a gratitude, a list of gratitude statements, or as Abraham and Hicks um, expresses, a rampage of appreciation, which is, you know, God, I am so grateful for this day and the opportunity to live and the sun shining in my face and, and this beautiful home that I have and the clothes that I'm wearing and my friends and my family that is so dear to me and the opportunity that I have to see you and know you and feel you and hear you and to know the presence of you in its entirety and for my soul to expand. That is a prayer, and it's also a rampage of appreciation. <laughs> and that is number two, staying in a high vibrational state. And I know that it's a challenge, um, but we don't want to live in the lower vibrational states. You want to exhibit a state of um, neutrality at the very worst. Um, neutral means that you, you know, see a situation and you don't feel depressed or elated about it, but you simply notice it. And so um, I don't want to keep you from, you know, emotional hijack where you choose not to feel. Um, that is not the case here. We do take the ups and downs, but you want to 51% of the day, the time, the hour, be much higher in your vibrational state and your awareness of where you are and um, learn to shift more often. Get mad at yourself and shift out of that. Get mad at somebody else and shift out of that because you don't need to live there. Number three is that now you're ready to notice the wonder of the world. Now that you have established devotional time and you are in a higher vibrational state, now you're ready to notice the world. And so now notice and notice the, um, the hearts in the sky. Notice the angelic you know, clouds. Notice an impression um, that the world has or, or um, you know, what you're getting in the mind's eye. And ask to experience more, as I've said before. That is step three, ask to experience more. Um, and again, when you have these notices, you want to be sure to take note and to write them down. Um, goodness sakes, we are coming to the end of the time. I am just so grateful for you listening today, for having this opportunity to connect. I ask that you um, tune in every week and expand your awareness, expand your abilities, um, find peace, find love and harmony, and really tune in to angelic enlightenment. So I thank you so much for 
for um, listening to myself, Maria Paith, and Angelic University this week. Have a wonderful rest of your week. God bless you. Keep you safe and full of light. Be well, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Angelic University with your host, Maria Paith. If you enjoyed the Angelic University podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe to Angelic University today by visiting www.angelicu.com. That's angelic followed by a capital U.com. Membership benefits include a free private angel reading or coaching session, member-only classes and healing sessions, along with free gifts and special offerings. To learn more about Maria, you can find her on the web at www.mariapaith.com. That's spelled M-A-R-I-A-P-E-T-H.com. And her book, Angel Decoding, Secret Keys to Communicating with Your Angels, is available on Amazon.